Hey, 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 and welcome to episode number 81 of the BBB podcast. So this one should be coming your way on the 27th of December. So if you celebrate Christmas, I hope you had a lovely time. And if you don't, I hope you at least had some time off to relax and recuperate. Here's to an awesome 2019 for everyone. So today on the show, I am talking to the lovely Dan Trussler from Ancestral Health. And shout out to Jeff from Hunter and Gather for suggesting Dan to me. We had a lovely chat. Today, you'll hear us talk about the four pillars of health that I talked about in last uh, week's episode. We talk about GI map testing and general self-care. So thanks so much to Dan again. Let's launch in. Today on the show, I'm talking to Dan Trussler. Dan is a qualified osteopath and has practiced in both the UK and Australia. Dan went on to build skills in nutritional evaluations, lifestyle coaching and functional medicine. Today, Dan and his team now run the company Ancestral Health and work with clients in order to find the root cause of their health concerns. And Dan concentrates on four pillars of health, uh, which he mentions on his website and we'll hopefully talk about shortly, those being sleep, diet, physical movement and stress management. So this is going to be a really great chat, I believe. <laughs> so hello, Dan. Welcome to the show. Hi, Karen. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. Did I get that right? <laughs> is that... Yeah, that that was pretty much spot on. Yeah, brilliant. Are you still practicing as an osteopath? No. Yeah, we'll still do some osteopathic work and it uh, forms one of the, the key parts of the program that we run for our clients as well. Right, brilliant. brilliant. I did go to an osteopath actually myself once and I thought it was absolutely brilliant and then she moved to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so there must be something about Australia and osteopaths. We get tr- attracted by the sun or something. Yeah, it makes sense. I don't blame her for sure. She was super young and was away out of here, no problem. <laughs> Um, okay, so would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and how your career has kind of evolved into what it is today? Sure. Well, I guess my story starts as a, a teenager. I suffered quite badly with eczema, mm-hmm. had lots of um, weeping parts on my hands um, to the point where when I was at university, I had to wear white cotton gloves at night to prevent myself from scratching my hands and uh, making this, the whole situation worse. And that led me to going to doctors and getting lots of steroid medication uh, for the the eczema and you know at the time I thought that, that was probably the the best solution for it and it wasn't until a doctor said to me that actually the uh, steroid medication the cream was thinning the skin on my hands and that I should mm-hmm. potentially think about not using it so much that was my kind of wake up call path of health and understanding nutrition and what it does for your body and um, tried lots of different diets then trained as an osteopath and got a greater understanding of the human body and how physiology works through that um, to the point where you know I've not had any problems with with skin on my hands for a number of years now and um, you know pleased to say that I never really used any further steroid medication pretty soon after that conversation with that doctor and um, through learning that and particularly meeting my my now partner and mother of our child holly when we were, were dating in london and um she was suffering from chronic pelvic pain right and we managed to through again nutritional changes lifestyle changes using a um a colleague of mine who's very experienced in women's health and osteopath Ron, renzo molinari 
who's doing some fabulous work with women's health. We we turned her situation around as well from having chronic delvic, uh, pelvic pain and feeling like, you know, we'd just be walking on the South Bank and she'd, for no apparent reason, just be like bent over, double in pain. So it's a pretty terrible situation for a girl in her 20s. And I was, mm. I've always been of this thought of, you know, that shouldn't be the, the reality. And perhaps we kind of normalize some of our symptoms quite a lot. And, um, yeah, it was a, a very uh, good time to be able to turn her situation around and um, and also defy the medical profession who said that she wouldn't be able to conceive naturally. And we brought our, our little boy into the world uh, mm-hmm. nearly th- nearly three years ago now. So that inspired me to, to want to help other people on who want to take a similar journey um, to the to that that I'd taken myself and I'd taken Holly and, and have now taken lots and lots of other people through. So that's kind of where I am. Brilliant. Thanks very much for sharing that, Dan. It just shows you, you hear that very often. People go through struggles themselves and then they have this breakthrough and they can't help but share that story and want to help other people. It's just a national, a, a, a natural sort of evolution, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. You know, we always think that's the, the greatest thing that we can do yeah. for each other is to help each other on uh, use our own experiences mm-hmm. you know eczema is a horrible thing to have to go through and having to wear the gloves and i'm sure there's people maybe even listening to this now just think that that's their bad luck and they, there's nothing they can do about it and they're putting this steroid cream on and almost making themselves worse like like it happened mm-hmm. to yourself but it was just mm-hmm. it was lucky you had a, a good doctor that was able to kind of go hold on a minute let's look at this yeah you know it's um thoughtful for him and um because they they have a tough job, right? You know, doctors only have five, 10 minutes so that they're not yeah. going to be able to sit down with you and say, oh, let's try this nutritional approach and see what effects that has. And let's check in with you again in three weeks time. You know, they're much more time pressured and kind of have bigger, um, I guess, bigger battles to fight than that. So, um, yeah, yeah, I got that, you know, that spark, if you like, from him and um, mm-hmm. took it upon myself to empower myself with knowledge and you know, understanding of how to look after yourself yeah i think you're maybe a bit like me where you don't like to just accept the fact as is you know uh, you know there's always something you can do maybe maybe try something you know you never know what's the worst that can happen <laughs> i'd love to do that sort of stuff myself yeah very much so i'm um i i take full responsibility for for almost <laughs> everything to be honest um yeah. it's just one of the traits i have love it so let's break down your four pillars of health that I was talking about it's funny I was doing a a live recording of my show last week and I had a guest on and we were asking each other what health meant to us and and I mentioned four pillars and they're exactly the same as yours (laughs) Uh, sleep diet physical movement and stress management and I love that you say physical movement as well not exercise it's it's a, a different way of thinking about movement and, and keeping yourself mm-hmm. healthy so do you want to break those down a little bit I know it could take a while but uh <laughs> as, 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 as little or as much as you like no problem yeah sure um well let's start with potentially the most important um and that's sleep yeah uh you know quite often undervalued I think we're probably as a society chronically sleep deprived Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if that's one, if even if you haven't got the best diet in the world, if you sleep well every night consistently, you're probably going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we work a lot with our clients on optimizing their their sleep. And actually, the interesting thing is what I've found to get good sleep, it starts from the, the morning. 
and actually exposing yourself to morning daylight at the moment. I was going to use the word sunlight, but we're in the UK and it's <laughs> December, so yeah. I'll go with I'll go with daylight. Yeah. Um, and and that starts the process in your body of creating um, serotonin initially, which is a neurotransmitter in your brain, which then gets um, converted into melatonin, which is our sleep hormone. Um, so to to get yourself outside at, at midday again and get more daylight exposure around midday, one o'clock when the sun's at its peak, um, again, increases that that production of those neurotransmitters. And then the big thing that we're all a little bit bad at at the moment, I feel, is avoiding artificial light towards the end of the day after sunset. Absolutely. So we uh, encourage our clients to try and have two hours before their their bedtime where they're away from screens and artificial light um, and then we also use different devices that can help such as there's apps that can be downloaded onto computers and mm-hmm. phones that limit the the wavelength of light and you can also buy uh, blue blocking glasses yep. so in in our house me and holly will be sitting in front of the tv after sunset wearing red glasses it would seem it would probably yeah. seem quite a sight to anybody who who might come around as a guest in our house but we um, we got quite used to it now we just put our glasses on and it it limits the wavelength of light so that it's um just restricts it to the red light and it, it'll be almost like your body feeling like you're looking at a, a fire after mm. sunset rather than um seeing this this blue light which more mimics the kind of wavelengths of light of mid midday sun sure um, so that's sleep. Um, I was mm-hmm. funny you should mention that. I was um, what, following Ben Greenfield. I don't know if you've heard of him. He, have you? Yes, I've heard of Ben. Uh, yeah, I've, I've actually been to one of his talks live. Oh, have you? Very good. He was um, on his Instagram story this morning. He uh, was wearing the, the blue light blocking glasses in the morning because he was waking up. He was saying he was waking up too early and he wasn't happy with it. So he was telling his brain, I'm not ready to wake up. I'm not ready to wake up. And then when he took the glasses off, that was him telling his brain, this is the time I want to wake up. So he's going to see if it's if it works naturally now in the next couple of days. I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. He's He's a big biohacker. And, you know, I think light is it's like information for our body um and we have receptors for light in on all of our cells so it's our skin as well Um, Mm -hmm. so there's an element of that when when the sun's out in the summer i try and expose my torso as well as just the face to uh, to sunlight because that's again all information about telling your body about what time of what time of day it is depending on where you are in the world um and that regulates a lot of our hormonal function which then um you know builds into not just the sleep hormones that we talked about but also the hormones for appetite and um, insulin and, and other hormones as well so it's it's really important and i think there's lots and lots of information online about diet and things but actually the information about light and sleep um is a little bit lacking so it's, yeah. i think it's a, a really important one that can make a real big difference for people yeah for sure i think i've talked about it on here before about you talked about the skin having light sensors all over it there was a a study i read a while back where somebody had shone a light at the back of somebody's knee and that disrupted their sleep (laughs) so like you said it doesn't have to be right in your face it could be anywhere on the body so that's why the whole dark room uh setup is is good for sleep yeah yeah no i think i've seen that study as well it's um it's crazy how intelligent we we don't give our bodies credit for how 
intelligent it is. Yeah, exactly. And um, I, I'm uh, a big fan of, and, and Jeff has one too, the Aura Ring, which I've just ordered. I'm very excited to see how that, <laughs> tra- have you heard of it? Tracking your yes. sleep? Yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to get round to order one as well, because yeah. I think they're really onto something rather than necessarily tracking the, the steps that they've gone for sleep. And I think, um, yeah. yeah, I think that's really powerful. In fact, I was talking to Jeff last week and he's noticed that if he, if he even just eats a little bit later than his last meal in the day, mm-hmm. he, there's a correlation between that and increased resting heart rate the next morning, yes. which is a sign of um, yeah not having as good a sleep. So uh, it's really interesting stuff. Yeah, I was talking to him about that, and he said he's you know we need to sort of do it for maybe thirty days before he can get a proper look back over the data. And I said to him, I'll look forward to your spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's I'm my sizing kit's actually out for delivery today, but it's it's a big delivery wait. I think it's like nine weeks before you get them. So have to just <laughs> get on with it in the meantime. <laughs> so that's yeah. uh, that's sleep. Uh, what about diet? That's too big, isn't it, to have a chat about today? <laughs> well, yes, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a big one. Um, where do you want to go with that one? Well, if if you wanted to say to somebody to keep things basic, you know the way there's lots of hacking going on and everybody tweaks and tailors and people are into paleo, people are into keto, people are mm-hmm. into low-fat, high-carb high fat uh, low carb what would you say is kind of a good blanket statement that people could take away with today sure well in one sentence or you know three Mm. words i would say eat real food yeah kind of sums it up in a real basic basic sense um with the clinic you know we like to think of an ancestral and evolutionary perspective so i'm really keen on foods that are seasonal and local to the area of the world that you live currently Um, so for example here in the UK I will reduce my intake of fruit in the winter Mm -hmm. you know most people think of fruit as a healthy food um, and maybe don't go as far as to think of what times of year the fruit is grown uh, locally in that area because you know, food is available to us plentiful now being shipped in from all around the world. So yeah. I think there's, again, it's, I think food is more than just nutrition. I think it's information for our body. And I think, a, a, yeah, a good rule of thumb is to try and eat real food that's, that's in season um, and has been produced as locally to you as possible. Yeah, perfect. No, that's great. Simple. Uh, physical movement. What would you say about that one? Yeah. Okay. I just one thing has just come to me on the on the nutrition side of things again, sure. which is potentially overlooked, um, is actually the body's ability to digest the food that yes. you eat. Um, and we spend an hour with our clients teaching them how to digest their food optimally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always amazed at the amount of people that like eat standing up or eat at their desk at work and you know you can have the best diet in the world but if you're eating under conditions when your body's not in a relaxed state yeah. that's going to be conducive to digesting and absorbing nutrition from the food um it's it's not going to be worthwhile you know you're basically just putting money down the toilet so yeah. uh yeah we um i think that's a, a thing as well a simple little tip i'd give for people is to just take five slow breaths each time um, before they have a meal in front of them, make sure they're sat down without distractions around them um, and they'll get a lot more nutrition from their food. For sure. Rest and digest. Indeed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Match, match the state that you want your, 
of the state that you're in to the action that you want your body to perform. Yeah, perfect. Uh, yeah, so physical movement, what would you say about that one? Yeah, this one's quite uh, individual to all of us because we're all at different stages of fitness. But um, I think movement in general is is the key really is to try and yeah. avoid long periods of being static um, mm -hmm. you know walking for most people is going to be the best form of exercise uh, if you then get to a state and i actually feel like uh, it's a good to get healthy in order to then give yourself the opportunity to, to exercise further so rather than using exercise as a vehicle to get healthy i think actually it's probably better to focus on the other areas that we talked about, sleep, mm -hmm. nutrition, digestion, stress management, yes. to get your body to a state where it can then um, have higher energy levels to be able to exert because, um, you know, physical movement or exercise is a further stress on the body. Mm -hmm. exactly. um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty keen on those that do have the, the ability to do that to, to lift weights and perform resistant exercise either with body weight or external weights um i'm not such a fan of longer endurance based yep, events for, for most people <laughs> mm -hmm. um but but movement is the biggest thing you know if everybody had a, a 30 minute walk out in nature every day um, yeah i think they'd be you know well on the way to to get sufficient movement in their life that's perfect. Um, that's why the uh, Aura Ring is, is appealing to me because it has the readiness score. So if you haven't dialed in your stress, your sleep and your nutrition, then it'll basically tell you you really shouldn't be going and lifting weights today because <laughs> you're not ready for it. You know, you're not you're not on form. Your health comes first. You need to maybe just go and relax, go for a walk. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be some really great information that um, people can get from the Aura Ring. Um, yeah. I've, I've done a little bit of, of into that as well with heart rate variability. It's, yes. Um, it's interesting stuff when you actually start to tap into the yeah the stress levels that are currently affecting your body. Mm -hmm. And talking of stress, what would you say about your stress management pillar? <laughs> oh, oh, that's that's a big one. Um, it? yeah. It's a, a stressful world we live in at the moment, and mm -hmm. um, everybody has their own ways of, of dealing with stress. And I guess a big part of it is the understanding that you know stress is perceptive. Yeah, and what one's person's stress is another person's motivation. Of course, yeah. Um, but if you can identify things in your life that trigger a reaction in you, that you can, you know, sense it. It's usually something with the body. Maybe you notice that you you start to sweat, or maybe your heart rate. You can feel your heart rate increase, um, and it's then trying to once you become aware of those triggers in your life, and then trying to alter your response to those triggers mm -hmm. so maybe instead of raising your voice or whatever your go-to action might be trying to find um, a way to break that response to the trigger via uh, maybe just taking some deep breaths mm -hmm. um, and and also being proactive as well and having some kind of time in each day where you you do something you really enjoy and gives you pleasure maybe listen to music or sure. um reading a book or take it doing some meditation some tai chi whatever it is for you mm -hmm. perfect um i find that meditation and reading an actual book at night has really helped me <laughs> an actual book you know not a, a lit up one <laughs> yeah yeah a physical copy a physical two pages in and you're like 
you're out. It's just, yeah. it's going to take me a long time to get through this book I've got recently. And it's a, a fiction book as well. I remember um, Ariana Huffington talking about this because she, she's very into her health. She runs Thrive Global now. Um, she had bur- major burnout and she's just totally changed her life around. But she was saying about reading a, a, a fiction book before going to sleep because then your brain doesn't engage too much, if you like. Yeah, nice. I like that. I am. Um, I'm very aware of my reading habits are very probably too leaning towards the nonfiction at the moment. I should try and get yeah. some more fiction in my life. I understand completely. I'm exactly the same most of the time. It's just because it's interesting. But yeah, if you're just about to nod off, it, it's it's maybe not the best option. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you, I, I talked about meditation before on the podcast, but the, you know, instead of having that monkey mind knee jerk reaction to things it what it's taught me is to take that space between an event and a reaction to then mm-hmm. decide to either breathe or hold on a minute. How do I actually want to react to this or tell yourself a new story or whatever works for you until it becomes a bit of a habit. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Do you meditate yourself? Is it hard for you to find the time? I try to find um, at least 10 minutes of my day to do something where I'm just immersed or yeah. either either immersed in something within uh, like a breathing practice. Mm-hmm. I actually quite like um, lying on the floor. Oh, yeah. And um, just taking myself away and just hands on my abdomen and starting to tune in with my breath. Um, it's actually a great way to rest your posture as well. So coming back around to my background as a as an osteopathic practitioner, probably the the best way to take the load off mm-hmm. our aching muscles. If anybody starts to feel shoulder and, and mm-hmm. neck ache is to, uh, to, to lie on a firm surface is something that is probably my most prescribed activity actually for clients that are coming in with uh, aches and pains in muscles and joints is to lie on a firm surface, support underneath, so maybe a couple of pillows, a little pillow underneath your head if it makes you feel more comfortable and just try and relax there. Um, mm. One of my mentors, he would, when he's helping people recover from chronic ill health situations, he'll um, ensure that they do half an hour after each meal lying down on the floor. Nice. Um, so, yeah, if I can get 10 minutes of that a day, that... Mm-hmm. Um, that really helps. Very good. I've heard um, Dave Asprey and Tim Ferriss talk about actually hanging upside down as well mm-hmm. to reset all the bones and things like that. <laughs> Don't know if I could do that in here. Yeah. I really hang off of, but uh, <laughs> those you... guys love taking it a step further, don't, don't they? they? Um, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm actually. Yeah, I, I, that's another thing I do every day. Actually, is, is hang. Um, yeah, I'm lucky that my my gym is only a two minute walk away from my house, so I walk there every morning right. with my morning. Uh, daylight exposure and then I do some uh, some really gentle kind of warm-up mobility exercises for all the major joints and part of that is to just just do it both at what's known as a, a dead hang where you just focus on the grip strength and allow the rest of the body to just to hang and then also an active hang where you actually um, engage the shoulder girdle and, and raise yourself up so um, yeah yeah no I'm, I'm a big fan of, of traction through the spine in that way 
Yeah, it feels great. And then you, all of a sudden you'll hear a, like an adjustment and you're like, ah, that's what I needed. It's, it's a nice release, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah, for sure. Brilliant. Um, and you talked about digestion there briefly. I subscribe to your 10 days of better digestion videos. <laughs> I'm not at 10 days yet. I think I'm on hydration at the moment. Mm-hmm. But I love mm-hmm. how, how short and snappy they are. And I also love your shirts. <laughs> a couple of colored ones. <laughs> um, would you like to tell us uh, about that a little bit or how people can get involved with it? Yeah, sure. So I, I just set up a, a little video series um, whereby you can each day you're emailed both a bit of um, information about that topic. So as you say, one was hydration. Mm-hmm. There's other ones on intermittent fasting, um, what we talked about, mm-hmm. getting your body into a relaxed state for eating. Um, and some people like to consume information in different ways. So there's some that want to read it through the email. And then there's also a link to a video of me explaining yeah. uh, that day's topic in a bit more detail. So yeah, if anybody's interested in, in seeing those 10 videos, you can just visit the website and there's a, just a place to sign up for those. Perfect. I'll put the, the link, direct link in the show notes for you. No worries. Mm-hmm. Um, can you guess what I made last night after watching one of your videos? uh sauerkraut yeah <laughs> i haven't made it in years and i just thought come on karen go make this it's so easy um and i got the best jar um really large jar and put the cabbage in it and it's now fermenting as we speak <laughs> so nice yeah <laughs> you got it submerged under the brine okay yes i got a i read somewhere about putting a, a spare leaf of the cabbage over it and then mm-hmm. i've got it weighted on top of that so yeah it's all underneath the liquid so yeah, perfect. I'm excited, perfect. but I have to wait, of course. <laughs> yeah, you've got to wait. Yeah, you've got to wait and um, well, keep keep tasting it each day, and because some people prefer it to ferment slightly longer than others. Yeah, I would say at least five days. Yeah, would you recommend, or maybe seven? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I start tasting from day five. Yeah, and see how it goes. Some people find um, the salt salt levels of it um, mm-hmm. different, and each cabbage is different. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Heard a wee bang there. Um, brilliant. So um, also now in your clinic, you offer GI map testing. And I was talking to Jeff about this. Could you go into mm-hmm. a little more detail on what this is and why a person may benefit from getting it done? Yeah, sure. So uh, the GI map is probably one of the, the top stool tests that's um, considered most beneficial for people with any kind of digestive issue or anybody who just wants to take a proactive approach mm-hmm. to their health to be honest you know i've committed i i get this tested annually um and it's it's a single stool, stool sample and it's based on dna technology so they um, can identify the dna of about 50 different fungal bacterial or parasite species um to see whether you have ongoing infections mm-hmm. in your digestive tract that you know maybe didn't c- has, are not causing overt digestive symptoms but they can be the cause of other things going on in your body for example joint pain so there's been research on a couple of the different bacterial overgrowths like um, Prevotella copri for example mm-hmm. or Klebsiella that um, they are linked with overgrowth of those are very very common in people with uh, arthritis type issues rheumatoid arthritis and and other spondyloarthropathies so mm-hmm. um it's a very informative test yeah um people are, are often surprised by what they find lurking in the digestive tracts mm-hmm. and w- we yeah we basically run this on all of our clients that are taking a, a detailed 
uh, taken our essentials program, which is our, our highest offering. Um, and as well as the the parasites and the yeast yep. identification, it also gives an idea of your actual intestinal health markers as well. So we can find out from that single stool sample how well your pancreas is secreting enzymes, for example, is quite a, a stable marker for that. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, the, your reaction to gluten. So the immune reaction to the protein gluten, which is found in wheat, is is shown shows up on the test as well as um, a couple of other immune markers. So it's a really informative test and gives us a good picture of exactly what's going on in people's digestive systems. Mm-hmm. I would love to get it done actually, just for interest sake. Mm-hmm. Um, would you? Is it something you would recommend people get done after antibiotics just to see what damage <laughs> has been done? Um, yeah, um, it wouldn't be a bad. Uh, yeah. time to do it because it's, it's definitely going to have an effect on your gut microbiome having a, a round of antibiotics um mm-hmm. so yeah i mean anybody who's who's struggling with any kind of ill health i would mm-hmm. definitely say you want to look to your digestive system and um if the more basic approaches of changing your diet and addressing the other things we talked about lowering stress levels maybe taking some probiotics if that doesn't get you the results that you want yeah um, then i'd definitely say let's uh, go down the route of testing and finding out exactly what's going on in your digestive tract brilliant is there any particular probiotics you would recommend because there's so many apart from health uh, homemade ones (laughs) (laughs) uh yes we we use a probiotic called megaspore Megaspore. which, Mm -hmm. which is a fantastic name right I, it sounds a, familiar, actually. Yeah, it's from a classification of probiotics that are soil-based. Yes, and it's got some very good research behind it. That um, and probiotics. The way I look at them now is the research is showing that they probably they don't just kind of top up beneficial bacterial levels. They actually act as like a a way of modulating the immune system. So mm. it kind of. Again, it's about information. The probiotics are able to kind of go in and sense the the balance of where the immune system is um, giving precedence to, and and it helps the, your immune systems ha- have a more balanced effect in the digestive tract. So they're they're really really powerful. And you know, just a personal story with the megaspore. If I if I eat something and I can feel like it's not really reacted well for me maybe i'm having a little bit of gas or a little bit mm. of bloating after eating something um i'll take one of those yeah and, and i can just sense within you know half an hour or so it just completely settles it um, now i'm not i mean that's not the only use for them that's just like on a personal level mm. but you know i've had clients that have been constipated for a long time and start taking probiotics and their their bowel motions just start to become a lot more regular with, with this particular type of probiotic but as you say there's so many out there and mm. many of them don't actually make it past the stomach yeah so it is worth um going for a, a, a higher quality probiotic yeah. so yeah megaspore i also like saccharomyces boulardii Secret. Is, I don't think I can spell that one. I was going to write it down. S A double C H R O M Y C E S. Nice. You could have told me anything, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's a yeast. That's a, yeast. A, a beneficial yeast, but it, it competes against uh, eater. And, um, yeah. 
I've had, again, some really great results with clients that have, have used that as a probiotic. Am I wrong in saying, because I read about uh, Megaspore a long time ago, is it only for practitioners? You can't just buy that? Yes, it's not available for the, the, mm. the public to um, to buy yet. Um, I don't know if that's always going to be the case, but yeah, it's, it's pretty much the only probiotic outside of the pharmaceutical realm um, that contains five different soil-based strains. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty powerful. And uh, yeah, we do stock it in our clinic and uh, use it with a lot of our clients. Brilliant. Can I buy it off you? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll send you some over. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Um, okay. So just to sort of lighten the load a wee bit here, I saw on your Instagram a while back, if you're not putting yourself first, where exactly are you on the list? And I love this. On a, on a number of occasions, I've said to people, you know, it's not selfish to put your own health first because then, you know, whenever you show up as your best self, it has a bit of a, a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do personally to, to look after Dan? <laughs> oh, what do I do? Well, um, I guess that that coming back to that morning routine. So I give myself, you know, the first half an hour of my day to just be focused on me. I'll never check emails or, you know, the phone's still on airplane mode from the night before. Mm-hmm. And I just take that time to, as I say, get in tune with my body, go to the local gym, start to move my joints. Um, and then I'm fortunate enough to have a, a fantastic partner who's by that point started to prepare our breakfast oh, and uh, come come back home to that um i also find time to exercise so i I like to lift weights as we talked about and also like to play football so um they're pretty important they're kind of blocked out on my timetable and it will take something pretty uh severe to um to stop me from doing those each week Uh, Mm -hmm. i also like to take at least two saunas a week particularly in these these colder weathers in the uk Mm mm-hmm so um start to increase sweat is a great way to detox so um taking those saunas each each week would they be infrared saunas i've been playing around with those myself (laughs) yeah no i'd love to i I mean ideally one day i'll have a a infrared in my house yeah but at the moment it's just a traditional sauna at the local gym yeah Um, but now there is somewhere locally i've I've been in been talking to them and and some clients go there so i'm going to check that out soon brilliant yeah well thank you very much for that that's that's an excellent uh, piece of advice to give <laughs> for people to take on board and uh, uh-huh. i want to be mindful of your time so finally just i ask everyone this question if you could give our listeners one final thought today one dan nugget that they can incorporate mm-hmm. into their lives to build that better body what would that be even though this interview's been full of them <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would go back to one of the things we talked about and um, don't overestimate the impact that light has on our bodies and try and be a real stickler for avoiding that that blue light late at night um, and exposing yourself to daylight as, as much as possible. Yeah, that's excellent. I, I actually probably should do a bit more of that myself. <laughs> Thanks for highlighting it for me. <laughs> no problem. No um, problem. Where, where is the best place for people to uh, connect with you on the web? Sure. So our website is www.ancestralhealth.co.uk mm-hmm. um, and we've got the video series that we talked about earlier, the 10 video series, and also two PDFs that people might be interested in. I put a lot of information in those. So they're there to be downloaded. Um, mm-hmm. You can also find me on Facebook, Ancestral Health, uh, and we also have a group on Facebook, the Ancestral Health Creating Healthy Families group that anybody is welcome oh. to come and join 
gushing. Very good. I'll put links uh, to We're also those. on Instagram. You won't be able to get... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, we are on Instagram and Twitter as well, but um, I, I'm not quite so available on those platforms. <laughs> There's only so much you can do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you need to put down the blue light every now and again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's great, Dan. Thank you so much for talking to me today. I really enjoyed that. Oh, thank you, Karen. No, it was, it was a good chat. The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is in no way a substitute for medical advice. If you have any specific concerns, please consult with your general practitioner before embarking on anything new.